Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 324 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. How are you? I'm good. We have kind of a cozy recording set up today just to bring you behind the scenes. We're recording on a Sunday morning and right on the on the eve of you taking off for a vacation, which we'll talk a little more about. So I don't know. This feels feels different and cozy and nice. And we're always in. Well, usually almost always in our individual beds when we record anyway. But right now I'm particularly cozy. I'm still in my pajamas. Me too. I am sitting butterfly style in my bed with my like with a pillow kind of in the little, you know, little diamond that my legs uh-huh. are making and my computer on that. And nice. so I'm very relaxed at the moment. Um, at some point, I'll probably need to shift around. Hopefully I won't make any noise. All right. Well, we are cozy on a Sunday morning today, but today's topic is actually kind of about um, the rhythm of a day. And we had the idea for this topic because we're in kind of, I would say, mid to late summer right now, depending on when summer ends and what you consider end of summer. And there's just always this kind of, um, we talk about it every year, Megan, on the podcast. So this would be like the seventh year probably that we're doing Mm -hmm you know, like reflecting on this kind of malaise that sets in a little bit, especially in terms of your routine as a mom. And I think whether you have really tiny little kids um, who are in full-time daycare daycare year round, or whether you're on a more school schedule, like I, I just feel like there's something about this time of year that makes a lot of us crave routine. And so we thought it would be fun today to kind of fantasize a little bit about that return to routine. Now, we're not ready. We're recording this August 1st. No one's going back to school for several weeks for the most part. But um, it made me think about like, what is my kind of ideal like day in the life of my regular life, like my regular, ordinary Sarah working from home life? And what is that routine going to look like? So Um, We have fantasized about other things on this show before. We've done fantasy kitchens. We've talked about like our fantasy deserted island. 
But today we're actually almost fantasizing like what does an ideal ordinary day look like for us? And then we hope you all will play along. And I actually found this to be quite instructive as I was going through your outline, Sarah, and like kind of trying to answer the questions because I love the idea of I'm actually quite a routine oriented person, even though I'm not a schedule oriented person. Um, Mm -hmm. But I don't always get ahead of it enough. I don't always start thinking far enough in advance proactively about how to actually make my ideal route. Like I know what I know it when I know it. I know what it feels like when it's happening, but I don't always set things up ahead of time enough to for success, I guess. Right. So it's and, almost an yeah. accident. And then you're like, oh, right. that was a good day. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, wow. How'd that happen? Then I try to replicate it. But some of these things need to be thought about, or it's best if you think about them a little bit ahead of time so that you can set your life up to make them happen. So this was um, there's a few where it's not exactly a question. My answer will be more of a a question within a question, let's say. Sure. Well, and I yeah. know when when we had the idea for this episode, I could already feel you being like, well, but maybe we could talk about an ideal week because every day is a little <laughs> different. And you, right. I love that about you. You you naturally resist like the confines of of anything, which is part of your charm. But today we are for the purpose of just like hypothetical thinking, we are sort of thinking about what's an ideal ordinary day in our lives within the within the architecture of how our lives currently are. So we're not fantasizing about being on the beach with a margarita in our hands or, you know, like a cozy cabin in the woods that we don't actually own. And I do think this was a fun exercise because I am like I am living that kind of late summer. The wheels have fallen off the train and um, just really craving that return to routine. But I also think it's important to say that wherever you are in your stage of motherhood, like our ideal ordinary day is going to look very different from yours. Um, and so when when we go through this, I think people can play along in a in a more conceptual way. It's not just like what time would you wake up and what time would you go to bed and, you know, how would you exercise or work or play? But but kind of like almost how you want to feel throughout your day. And I mm. I think that can apply even if you're dripping in babies and, you know, yeah. Whatever your circumstances are. Well, and most of these things that we're going to talk about are just building blocks for the day. Mm-hmm. And they could be moved around depending on, you know, if Tuesdays are different for you than Thursdays, you know, like right. if the building blocks can remain. And I think that's one thing that is, um, is, is really helpful to me now, but also was helpful to me as a newer mom was like knowing, okay, what are the essentials? And then mm-hmm. how do I get the essentials on this day that might look completely different from that day? So if you're talking about things like sleep, food, movement, you know, you, mm-hmm. those don't always have to happen. At the same, in fact, they sometimes can't happen at the exact right. same time every day, but they can happen in a way that feels good to you. What, and, and it's possible, <laughs> yep. um, whatever your circumstances are. Absolutely. And we, we've been there. Like we, we know we're sitting in a place where we can talk about having several hours where our kids are away at school, for example. And then, but that was also not our reality for a long, long time. Um, so we, we see you, we have been there. Mm -hmm. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready to eat meals from our sponsor factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. 
So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. (laughs) And I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the Forever Chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. Okay, so if you are playing along with us at home, um, I think, just think of your life as it exists with like, I'm thinking of a frame of a house, like the architecture is set. So you... Your job is your job, your home is your home, your car is your car, your kids' um, childcare or school or nanny or at home with you all day situation is relatively the same. And so for Megan and me, we have kids in school. We're going to kind of, this fantasy is going to exist in this kind of loose bubble of fall 2021, which hasn't started yet, but that's what we can, that's the next season of life we can anticipate. And so my questions aren't exactly like, it's not chronological through the day, but it's more like you said, Megan, the building blocks. Um, and we're going to start with the essentials, like almost the the bottom of the pyramid, so to speak. Um, and the very first question is about sleep, because we know without it, the rest Nothing of the happens. day is not great. <laughs> right. um, so it's obviously key to having a really a day that feels like it clicks and feels like a good day. Sleep is key. So my question for you is tell me about waking up on your perfect ordinary day and what kind of night of sleep are you coming off of and maybe what time are you waking up or how are you waking up? And then just briefly, like, what is the ritual that brings you from asleep to awake and ready for your day? Okay. So this one was, um, this is one of those ones where my answer is probably more long and convoluted than you, what you were looking for, but <laughs> oh, well. Um, because I really realized that on my actually ideal day, the sun would always be beginning to rise at precisely the moment my eyes open. So like 
I would never have to wake up way ahead of the sun, mm-hmm. um, which if you can, if you know anything about um, how we're, you know, how the clock works <laughs> and seasons and things like and school schedules, that is literally impossible. Like yeah. I can't sleep until 830 on or nine or whenever the sun decides to actually start coming out around here in the middle of December. Like that's just not going to work. So I had to kind of back off of that true ideal and kind of figure out what is going on there that like works for me. And mm-hmm. so I, I do have like a little, um, wake up alarm clock and it, you know, it's the one that, um, or sorry, it wakes up the, I don't know what it's called light up, light up alarm clock. So yeah, it lights up the room, um, very gradually over about a half an hour. It still works better on days when the sun is already peeking through, but even in the middle of the winter, it's better than not having that. I would way rather wake up to that than ever wake up to any kind of a sound. Um, I really despise mm. the sound of an alarm clock waking me out of sleep. Like it really, really bothers me. So um, going on what is reality and what I have, the parameters I have to work within, I'd be getting up between like 6.45 or 7 after eight-ish hours of sleep. So that means for me getting in bed around 10 and reading, you know, for half an hour, an hour or something like that, falling asleep by 10.30, 10.45. Um, and then I would get up and see my kids off. Here's where this all starts to get kind of fall apart a little bit. Oh, and then it, when after the last kids out the door, I would make a cup of tea, climb back into my bed, read for a little bit, go over my to do list, get my kind of flow going. Then I'd get out of bed and make it and start my mm, day. Okay, so it is. It's almost like a two parter. Like it the is actual physical, physically getting yourself out of bed to do the mom stuff, and then it sounds like almost a return. To like yes. take yourself the rest of the way. Ooh, I like that. Because I'm never going to get out of bed willingly so far in advance of my kids who get up quite early. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just not like, I've tried being a 5.30 waker and the benefit isn't enough for me because I'm mm-hmm. still not really raring to go by the time they're all getting up at 6.30 or whatever. And so um, I think this is where it starts to become a little bit of a problem. I'm not in charge of driving all my kids to school anymore. So it's not like it was back in the day when they all got up at the same time. I got them all ready at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then we either got in my car and I did the driving and the drop-offs or, you know, some of them got on a bus and some were dropped off or they walked or, you know, there was, we've done it all different ways depending where they are. Now we're in this weird place where the high school kids literally walk across the street and they leave here about 7.20. Clara, um, her school is quite a bit further away. The middle school is like 10 minutes away. And the line in the morning is a pain. So I've tried to avoid like the drop off line. It's kind of a pain. So I had two other options. One is she can take the bus, um, which I believe leaves at 650. Mm-hmm. Or I can drop her off at Jenna's at, I believe, 705. And Jenna goes to school a little early. So Jenna would take her in. If I drive her, I would take her more like 730 mm-hmm. because school starts at 745. So here's that's like too many choices for me. It's yeah. either like. She gets up super duper early so she can get the bus early and then I don't have to do any driving and I don't have to get out of my pajamas. I don't have to do anything at all, really. We kind of meet in the middle and I take her to Jenna's, which means I'm still out driving around earlier than I'd like to be. Honestly, I don't really want to be driving at seven. It's usually still pitch black in the in the winter or I wait a little bit longer and drive her at 730. And I have to say, like. The few times that we just accidentally slept a little longer than I wanted to, and I had to do that, I kind of liked it. Mm-hmm. So I might end up doing that this year, even though it doesn't feel efficient. It doesn't feel like an efficient use of my time to be in the car for half an hour when there's a bus and or a, yeah. a relative making that drive. Um, 
but maybe for the sake of like my sleep, my ideal sleep schedule and the way our mornings, yeah, I like our mornings to flow. It might make sense anyway. So that's kind of where yeah. I am with all that. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a long answer of like eight hours and I don't like dark. I don't like waking yeah. up in the dark, but. <laughs> and you don't. Yeah. And, and it is, I, I hear you that there's like a lot of different options in terms of how the kids get out the door, which is very different. Like you said, from the day where you're you're, it might be earlier than you like, but you were a hundred percent in charge of like getting little kids into their coats, into the car. And then it was done. Yours is a right. more like staggered and chaotic, which can be yes. hard. So yeah. yeah, like you said, worth thinking about. Um, so for me on my ideal ordinary day, I, I hear you about not waking up to the sound of an alarm. And I hadn't thought to put that in here, but, um, Brian uses an alarm to get up, to go to the gym. And what I like about that is it's on his side of the bed and it's quiet and he gets up right away, which is, is nice. He doesn't hit snooze. And then I kind of gradually wake up as he's moving about the room and, and getting up. And that is a nice kind of gradual wake up. And it's about between five and five 30. Um, and then he would, on my ideal day would bring me coffee in bed, which mm. never used to happen, but is kind of the way we we've settled into that, um, in this house with our routine. Um, and so I would have coffee in bed and read for, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes and maybe look at my to-do list. And then um, my kids are up early, as you all know. So the house starts moving shortly after after six. And I think the, the other thing I would say that I haven't been doing lately, but I would like to get back to on my ideal fall 2021 is getting right into workout or walking clothes as soon as I'm up and out of bed rather than a, a bathrobe and slippers. Um, and it's a small change. But and and I'm I'm still likely to go on my walk anyway, but it somehow annoys me to be flopping around in the kitchen with my bathrobe on. I feel like behind or something. And it's like it doesn't feel like you're actually awake yet. That's how I feel. I feel like Mm -hmm. sloppy. Yeah. Yes. And it also feels like a bigger hurdle to then get all my walking stuff on um, a little later. And we'll talk about movement later on. But yeah, so 530, read for a half hour, have coffee in bed, put on my walking clothes. Um, and then, and then we're pretty like, it's pretty active around here after about six o'clock. So, and I also want eight hours of sleep. So that puts me at like a nine 30 falling asleep, like nine 45 is, is typical and, and pretty ideal. I don't have trouble. That's it's like not a problem for me staying up too late. So it, that's a pretty consistent, um, bedtime for me. So, well, let's talk about food and I can go first here. Obviously, if we talked about an ideal ordinary day of food, you and I could probably talk for like two and a half hours and we're not going to do that. So I thought we could just name like a couple of food touch points or food like goals that would make this ordinary day in our ordinary lives just feel like, oh, that was a good food day. So I can go first. Mine would be, I come out and there's a perfectly ripe avocado that, which <laughs> anyone who eats a lot of avocados there, it's rare that they're perfectly ripe. It takes the right, it's gotta be the right day. Um, for avocado toast, which I would likely have for breakfast. If I didn't have it for breakfast, I might have it for lunch. I could eat avocado toast anytime. Um, but that would just be a perfectly ripe avocado. And I'd have some cilantro and sea salt. And um, we do Dave's Killer Bread, I think is the brand. And it's like a really seedy, um, like lots of nuts and seeds in the bread for like a really hearty avocado toast. That would make me happy. And then this makes me so happy when we have really good leftovers from last night's dinner or a couple of nights ago for lunch where the food is really satisfying and hearty. So maybe it's like a chicken curry with brown rice or it's something we ate 
but it requires almost no prep because by lunchtime, I'm really into my workday and I am annoyed. I'm not going to prep myself something extravagant, but I love when it's already there and it's like 45 seconds in the microwave and I feel like I'm eating home cooked food, but I didn't have to do anything. And then for me, a dinner that I know in advance what we're having. So that means that the meal plan's kind of done and um, that I can kind of maybe prep or putter away at throughout the day. But especially when the kids are home from school and that like three to four o'clock hour is when I would like to be really thinking about dinner. So I don't care really what we have for dinner, but on the perfect day, it's identified in advance and it's something I can be kind of working on well before dinner because I don't really like to be cooking at dinner time. So that's mine. Well, those are all, you know, ideal worthy. Um, I have had, I have had that bread at your house with yeah. perfectly ripe California avocado off your, off your counter <laughs> and cilantro and sea salt. And it was pretty amazing. I have to say, um, but there's some, there's some parallels between yours and mine. Honestly, lunches is where I fall down the most on eating. Well, um, because like you, I get myself in a, I'm in, in a zone doing other things and breakfast is breakfast. Like I kind of, that's easy. I know what I like and I, you know, I'm not super breakfast oriented. So if I skip breakfast, it doesn't usually bother me that much as long as I have a healthy lunch and lunch is also the thing where I'm very likely to just make a sandwich that's not particularly healthy or, or just make, just grab something because it's there or forget that I'm hungry, leave the house mm, and get stuck yeah. out doing an errand and then want to hit a drive through because I'm so hungry. So I would really like to focus on making healthier lunches. And one thing that has worked for me when I prep it and do it is to have like one of those little clamshell things with salad greens in it, mm-hmm. a good protein, like chicken I already grilled and sliced up ahead of time or tuna um, or salmon, like things like that, that you can throw on top. And then maybe some nuts or seeds or, you know, cranberries or feta cheese, like just something that makes it a little more interesting. And then when I do that, I feel like it just sets my whole day up to be more energetic and more healthy. And it feels so good when it's happening, but it's like one of the first things to fall. It's just one of the first things to fall off when mm-hmm. I get busy or don't shop right or don't prep. So um, that's one thing I'd like to focus on because it makes a big difference for me. And then also I have been playing with the idea of starting dinner a lot earlier. I have kind of fallen into this, I don't know, pattern of thinking, well, I'll start dinner, you know, around five. But then what ends up happening is around five, I'm often busy like wrapping my workday up or I get busy. I run an errand or I start talking to the kids. And then I'm suddenly like, oh no, I got to start dinner. It's like six. That means we're all sitting down to eat at like seven or seven 30. At that point I'm starving. And then I'm like doing dishes when I don't want to be doing dishes. I'd like Mm -hmm. to be winding down. And I think in the summer, it's easy to experiment with stuff like that when you work from home. Um, I know it's no different if you're not working from home, but I am and my kids are around. So it's like, okay, what if I started dinner like at 3.30 or 4 and then we were all eating by 5 or 5.30 and it's nice. Like I don't Uh need to eat again after that. But if the kids do, they can have a snack before bed, Um, but the kitchen's clean early. And then if I feel like doing something different later, I can, um, or I can just putter or or I can like go to bed and read or watch TV. I just think that my evening often gets like, I talk about not having time to watch TV. And I think it's often because the time I would be doing that, I am like still cleaning up. Yeah. 
from dinner. Yeah. So we I we have always been relatively early dinner eaters. It's not it's not five thirty every night, but when my kids went to bed so early, it was often five forty, five, six. Um, and sometimes we have activities. Reed's martial arts class is at six or six fifteen some nights. So on those nights we really do eat at like five twenty. Um, and I, I kind of like it for all the same reasons. The kitchen's clean earlier and my kids don't go to bed at seven anymore. So we don't have to eat early. Um, but I, I enjoy it. So I love that you're on the early dinner train. Well, I also feel like it's, it would help sort of mitigate the endless snacking and the snack requests that can happen between, you know, the kids get out of school around three and they're hungry. Um, And then I'm trying to hold them off and say, oh, just have some fruit. Dinner's ready in three hours. I mean, they're (laughs) ready for dinner, like right when they get home. So, yeah, I I am. I'm it'll be something I play with and we'll see how it works. Awesome. Okay, well, let's move on to talking about movement. And I'm calling this movement not because it's not just exercise or workout routine. And if you've been listening to this show, I mean, Megan, how many times have we talked about like, this fall or this winter. We're like, going to do this. Yeah. yeah. We're like, so, uh, you know, we both want to move our bodies every day. We both walk a lot. Um, and you've all heard us talk about yoga and trying different things. But I think more generally on your ideal ordinary day, I want to know, like, how does your body feel on this day? And how much are you sitting on your feet or sitting on your feet? That's weird. Um, like up on your feet versus sitting or lying down. And then if exercise is a part of this day, feel free to talk about what that is. But I guess I wanted to broaden it to like, what does moving your body feel like on an ideal ordinary day? Well, I mean, I think probably not surprisingly, uh, we all want our bodies to feel energetic and limber. We don't want our backs to be stiff because we've been like, you know, doing that kind of rounded back thing mm-hmm. in bed or in a chair and, you know, like just to feel, I kind of want to not even know it's there. Like I want to be aware yeah. of it powering me through like that. Ever that have that feeling when you're kind of in, you know, relatively good shape, maybe you've been just walking more or maybe you've been exercising more or something and you do something like walk up a really long flight of stairs and you get to the top, you're like, that just happened. I didn't think about it. I'm not winded. That feels really good. And it's like, you're mm-hmm. not even really aware of what your body's doing until it did it. And I like that feeling. Um, and it affects, for me, movement affects everything, like digestion, I sleep better, all of those mm-hmm. things. So it's just like a good, tired, it's like a, a tired, but a good tired. Like yes. my body is being used and I like that feeling. Um, how I would achieve this, uh, every day I would want to get in a nice long walk outside, even in winter. And I really am committing myself this year to walking in the winter. Like every year I want to, and every year, as soon as it starts getting cold, I find some way to not do it. And then by the time I want to circle back around to it, it's real, real cold. And I, I don't, so I'm not saying I'm going to walk outside when it's 20 degrees below. I'm probably not going to do that, but I would like to maintain an outdoor fitness, um, practice throughout the year, Mm -hmm. even in the winter months. And then some kind of like, ideally rather short, vigorous fitness practice. Like maybe I would lift weight, weight uh, lift weights for like 10 minutes a day or do the elliptical or run or, you know, do a really hard yoga class. I like yoga, but I don't want to do a power yoga class every day. And I never want to do a 90 minute power yoga class. Ever. <laughs> never, never, never. It's not even on my worst no, day, let alone no, an ideal day. <laughs> it is not on my list. Like I don't, I don't, I don't care to, I don't even look at those classes. I'm just like, no, that's all right. So, um, also on an ideal day, I'm sitting a lot less than I currently sit. I know I sit too much. Um, I'm balanced between sitting, standing and moving with the 
with the balance tipping toward movement. I just think the more I move, the better I feel. Mm-hmm. And we didn't mention timing in the question, I guess, but you mentioned earlier, like getting your stuff on before, you know, getting your workout clothes, your walking clothes on before you head out to the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I am, you know, I've really tried to make um, fitness fit into the middle of my day. And sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. But I really just think if I'm ready for it by like 8.30, it just happens. Whereas mm-hmm. if I kind of put off getting ready for it, it doesn't happen. And that's just yeah. a reality. Yeah. Um, I don't actually have to do it at 8 or 8.30. But if I'm like ready that I could at any moment, mm-hmm. it's just it's way more likely to happen than if I'm sitting around in a bra or no bra, not, not yeah. in my bra. I don't often sit around <laughs> in my bra, but like, you know, in my pajama pants, no bra, don't even know where my workout clothes are. It's very unlikely I'm going to work out. Yeah. Yeah. The clothing is key for it sure. Is. How about you? So on my kind of perfect ordinary day, my body feels so much of what you said. I was just nodding that like when you were saying it's like you don't notice. It's like that's what being in your 20s and 30s is like (laughs) when you're not pregnant or nursing or otherwise, like if dealing with a physical, you know, a physical challenge. But um, now that we're in our 40s, that absence of chronic pain, absence of like physical stress. And for me also, like, because I deal with like anxiety about my health, there's nothing on my ideal day. There's nothing like worrying me in the back of my mind. Like, Ooh, I wonder what this like mole spot is on my, cause I often can fixate on those things, even if they're small and yeah, I'll go get it checked out. And I know it's nothing, but often there's like a little humming of something physical that I'm worried about. So on an ideal day, it would just the stars would align so that I didn't have anything like that, that I was keeping an eye on or worried about. And then, like you said, um, my body doesn't feel stiff or sore or achy or creaky. um, And I'm definitely spending time outside in some capacity, even if it's not um, like a high aerobic a workout walk, but that the time outside moving is, is definitely happening and preferably for a long time. I mean, I would prefer to walk for an hour and not feel behind in my work day. And we'll get, we'll get to this later, but like it went, the feeling of everything needing to be crammed in, in 30 minutes or less is, is stressful for me. And that's what usually yep. happens in the summer is like, you're trying to achieve, you're trying to tick all the boxes, but everything is cramming up against the next thing. And so I guess, um, leisure movement, whether that's a long stretch or a long walk would feel really good. And then when I do spend time sitting, I just like to feel like I'm moving around my house a bit or changing positions or getting up every so often. So I think we're probably, I bet the, the timing of our day is pretty different, but I think we both have the same desire for a lot of those feelings that are very similar. The timing is different, but I think it's actually, I probably get started about two to three hours later, Yeah, uh, you know, Eastern time. So it probably lines up pretty well, yeah. actually. Yeah. <laughs> so. so true. Okay. Well, before we go to break, this next question is loosely, we've talked about food and sleep and movement. And so the last kind of essential I'm filing under like shelter, like your home. But if you work outside the home, this question is really about like, I think how much time are you spending in in your main building for the day versus out in the world interacting with civilization? And if you have control over your ideal, and some of us don't, we have very little control if we're in an office for 10 hours a day. But I still think it's interesting to think about like, it's a little bit of an introversion, extroversion question. It's a little bit about like, how do I interact with my town and my community? So the question is, let's think about the balance of time we spend in our home or our workplace versus out in the world, like running errands or driving kids around. And what's the ideal balance for our perfect day? And I can go first. Um, I think I'm 
rather more toward one extreme in that I truly love being at home. Um, and I love having several hours in a row where I don't have to get up and go. So I, it's like, I need, I need a longer amount of on-ramp time to get out into the world and to get into the work I'm doing at home. Um, and I feel like I'm chronically deprived of this. So for me, I can be home for a very long time before I'm itching to see faces and get out in civilization. In the beginning of quarantine, I didn't leave my house for 53 days. And I, that was actually not the hardest thing about quarantine for me. I was like fine with that. So I love to be home. Um, but then in my ideal day, I think in the afternoons, like from school pickups onward, is a time where I've, if I've had that recharge time at home, um, I actually do enjoy being out in the community. So that might look like taking kids to activities and having little conversations with, you know, acquaintances or strangers. It might look like running errands. I live in a much smaller, a little cozier town now. So I actually really like little errands like the library or maybe the post. I don't really like the post office, but these types of like very micro local errands um, I do enjoy, but only if I've had enough time to myself at home. So that's that's kind of where I land. Well, we're different and and not that different. So um, I have like a complicated relationship with my home, my four walls, right? Because I do, I also love being here and I love nothing more than like getting up in the morning and realizing I don't have anything I have to do. And I have time that I can just take care of things and like, um, you know, maybe get some focused work time done and things like that. But sometimes I get like so comfy in that space that I get like stuck in this inertia place and I don't leave when I really need to. It's like, I don't even recognize I've gone too long. Yeah. And then I feel like I'm like crawling, like climbing the walls mm -hmm. um, or crawling out of my skin. On the flip side, if I'm doing what naturally I kind of want to do, which is to kind of avoid the piles of laundry, avoid work and just run around town doing stuff like running mm -hmm. those errands, talking <laughs> to people, getting out, going to lunch, whatever. Then I start to dislike my house and I start to want to avoid yes. work. It's like I, I, I need, you need that puttering because the puttering mm -hmm. is what, you know, you get in front of stuff when you're puttering around and it just kind of happens. It gets taken care of. And if you're not doing that, you're not handling those things. And then you don't want to be in your space because like, it's yeah. not serving you. So, um, and I could, I, I can rank, uh, like work. I do work puttering too. There's such a thing as work puttering. You, yeah. You're on your computer, so you answer that email that you could answer in 30 seconds any day, but if you're too busy doing other things or you're not in front of your computer, you put it off, So and it piles up. So anyway, I just think there's a little bit of a delicate balance, and it's hard for me to know what ideally it would look like, but I do think there's some intentional getting out every day, whether that's a short errand or maybe working at a coffee shop or meeting a friend for lunch or happy hour, but more time at home than someone who knows me might think, because I think I sometimes have a hard time moderating mm -hmm. time out and yes. I need, I need to. Yeah, no, I, I relate to all of that. And I think it's probably our gravitational pull is maybe opposite here, but that in our ideal, since we're talking about the ideal, it might not look that different. You're just probably gravitationally pulled out and you recognize right. that you need the in and I, mine is the opposite. I'm gravitationally pulled in, but I recognize that I, I benefit from the out. Yeah. So, yep. Yeah. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. 
But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's chewable kids' vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full-body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Megan. So we've kind of covered the basics, like we said, the essentials. So this next part's going to be more about relationships and work and creativity and all that. But first, we need to talk about, we're designing an ideal day. So I want to know, what is the weather on this of hypothetical? Of course, it all comes back to the weather, right? <laughs> on this hypothetical ideal day, what is your weather and what are you wearing? Um, and we've kind of covered the workout thing. So, I mean, you can, well, you can wear whatever you want, but... Um, maybe even beyond our morning workout. Okay. So with the caveat that we are talking about fall, um, because for me, ideal weather and clothing would be very, very different if we were talking about fall versus, you know, July, um, versus winter, but we're talking about fall. My ideal day, I think would be about, it would be for sure sunny and breezy. And cause that there's nothing better than like a fall, like a sunny breezy fall day where leaves are falling and crunching mm. maybe like 55 ish degrees. I said 55 to 60, but that doesn't last long here. So that's unrealistic. I think, you know, 50 to 55 is good. It always feels warm enough to go for a walk on a day that's 50 to 55, um, light jacket. Like it just doesn't feel, it never feels uncomfortable to, to me. Those days feel very comfortable. Um, mm-hmm. I would be wearing comfortable jeans or some kind of comfy leggings. But I have to say, I kind of got back. I know a lot of people moved away from jeans in the last year, and I feel like I moved really back toward jeans Mm. and a little bit more away from leggings as a lifestyle, Um, (laughs) mostly because I was just starting to feel like I was never dressed. Yeah. (laughs) And maybe during quarantine, I really needed like 
I don't know. Some kind of clothes. Maybe it's because I got some jeans that were more comfortable. That's actually um, just as likely. I'd be wearing some kind of a light sweater, comfy wool socks, booties if I was out. And I would have my earrings on, like a, probably a small pair of studs, unless I was going someplace, in which case I'd be wearing danglies. I'd have my watch on because I just feel done when I'm wearing my mm-hmm. watch. And I'd have my right hand ring that I always wear on. Nice. Because that love makes it. me all feel pulled together. Yeah, you're, you're ready to go. Yep. Um, well, okay. So fall weather. I don't get fall weather. So I'm taking some creative liberties here. And I also live in a place that's like kind of year round the same with moderate variations. My my perfect temperature is a high of 65 and that's the high. So most of the day I'm like you. I actually love between like 55 and 65. And really for us here, that would be more like it's not going to be that way till like December. But I'm going to call that we'll call it. It's still autumn until December 21st. So um, high of 65 and sunny. Um I love my winter rain, but I'm going to stick to what we're likely to get this fall. So it won't be raining, but high of 65, sunny. I love the windows in my house open. I have a lot of windows and doors. So if I can have the doors or windows open and it feels kind of cool. So I might be wearing a hoodie or a sweater inside, um, but that breeze and it feels warm in the sun. If you go out and sit, you know, sit in the sun, um, gotta be hot coffee weather and hot tea weather. Like I don't want to be hot all day. Um, so I'm wearing jeans like you and I, I kind of agree. I'm, I feel good when I wear a pair of jeans and like a pair of cute shoes, like maybe stylish sneakers or like little booties. Um, and then just like a cute t-shirt or sweater. So casual, but cute. Um, on my ideal day, my hair would have been washed, dried, straightened and or curled the day before so that it looks really good, but I don't have nothing better than second day hair. Right. Second yeah. day hair on this ideal day. So it like looks really good, but with no effort, definitely have done my makeup, some light makeup. Um, and I didn't mention jewelry, but you're right. Like those things make you feel pulled together. And even if I'm having a day completely at home, those things make me feel really good. So yeah, we're here. We are in our sixties, 62 degrees and happy. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the meteor stuff. So I would love for you to talk about your kids a bit or your mom relationships with your kids. Um, and maybe describe a scene or even could just be a feeling, um, of feeling really connected to your kids and like, you know, happy that they exist, happy that you're their mom. Like what is the feeling of mom and kid relationships on this ideal day? So Sarah, I know that you're going to talk about a scene that's more like you doing your thing and all of your kids in the room. And I have those as well, but I'll let you take that one because I would otherwise just completely steal it. Mm. And it got me thinking about the other ways that I love being around my kids. And I realized that for me, those moments of connection with five of them can be really hard to find in those big groups. They're fun. I love the big group settings. I love that feeling of like, I have this family unit and they're so great. But like, I really like to drive my kids places individually and I really like stopping in their bedrooms at night to talk to them. And I just think it, you just get a very different perspective from your kids. And both of those things um, are not planned necessarily. They're just things you have to do. Like, mom, I want to go someplace. And so we're going to be in the car together for 10 or 15 minutes. And I always find those rides to be pleasant, even with kids who maybe aren't pleasant all mm-hmm. the time at different stages. Um, they, it's like they they enjoy getting the front seat and the, um, which is, you know, if you have little kids, that's not something that's happening for you yet, but it, it yeah. is like a fun, a fun aspect of teenager dumb and, um, tweenager dumb. And so 
driving them places and talking to them about what's going on. I hear all the gossip that I can ask them some questions. They might have something that apparently they've been dying to tell me that all comes spilling out. Sometimes we don't talk about much. We just listen to the radio. And it's the kind of thing when you have older kids that you can kind of count on happening, even though you don't always know when it's going to happen. Um, It's just a built-in structure. And then, you know, this is the answer. When I was answering this question, I realized how much things like your physical home, the layout of your physical home or your after school schedule or how your kids get from here to there or a a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of things can inform um, some of these opportunities. For example, my kids now, my bedroom is on the same floor as all the kids' bedrooms and it's at the very back. So I have to go up the same set of stairs they do. I walk by all of their bedrooms and then I get to my bedroom, which is at the way back. So I walk by their bedrooms many times a day. I've lived in other houses where my bedroom has been on a completely different floor from theirs or, you know, really not in the same area of the house yeah. as theirs. And it's interesting how that relationship, it just, not like my relationship with them was worse or anything. I'm not saying that at all, but I just didn't have that built in easy opportunity to like pop my head in and ask what's going on. Or, you know, I'd have to almost like make a journey to, to mm-hmm. an unfamiliar part of the house where I didn't know what I was going to find. And maybe it was going to be a mess. And I'm like coming in kind of prematurely like irritated like a foreigner like yeah. a, like well, a visitor when, from another land. when all my kids bedrooms were on the second floor and mine was on the first floor I would like coming up the stairs my my um neck would start to tense up because I'm like what am I going to find when I get up here is there going to be like towels all over the bathroom floor are the kids rooms going to be a mess like and so now that's never a surprise I I pass them multiple times every day mm-hmm. and I can very easily just knock 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 hello what's going on how are you doing so I don't know, just those little moments of alone time, I think are really important in big families, especially as they get older and can hide from you. Yeah. Um, But it does make me think about how to be mindful about the way I set up our days or our schedules or even physical space and houses that we might have in the future. Yeah, no, I love that. I love hearing that so much. Well, a scene that came to mind for me is the after school hour when everybody's home. And if I've had this time alone that we've already talked about, I get so much joy and fulfillment about like uh, from turning my work brain off and being physically in the same room as all three kids. So if they're home from school, it's like three o'clock and they're unpacking their lunches or I'm helping with that. I'm prepping dinner at the same time. So it's like a very physical, busy, chatty time. And they're, you know, having snacks at the counter. It's usually a time before any homework or activities. Um, I've for years and years really stayed very light on after school activities pre pandemic, um, except for that one time we did that episode where I accidentally got overscheduled and was very miserable. But otherwise, I've intentionally yeah, remember that. Oh, yeah. I look back at that, that time of your life. Wow. That was crazy. And then the <laughs> pandemic hit. Right. Oh, my God. Before, before all that, I was very intentional about not doing much after school because I've always really enjoyed that time and they are getting older, but that time is still pretty, it it has the same kind of warm, fuzzy feeling for me. And it won't always be all three for sure. I do think this year Allegra will have some after school electives. Like she might be getting home much later, four or four 30. We've never really had that. We've always been at schools that got out relatively early. So I have never had kids coming home like at five o'clock from a after school practice or anything, but that, you know, that'll happen. Um, But I think that's the scene I imagine in my head. And I think what sticks out about it is I have had time away from them 
which is what makes that feel enjoyable and fulfilling. And I know we're speaking to moms who maybe have no break from their kids or whose kids were learning from home all last year. So we know that it's, it's a, it's a simple pleasure, but it is a, not a pleasure everybody gets all the time is to have distance and space away from your, your kids so that the reconnecting actually does feel like a thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's mine. Um, well, what about the other relationships in your life? And that could be significant others or friends, basically everyone besides your kids. Um, and I can go first on this one, but I just thought we could mention in an ideal day, what other touch points are happening that make you just make you feel good, fill you up relationally. So for me, a few that I thought of, um, my little Voxer three person group with my best friends from high school is almost active almost every day. Cause we all go for walks or drives and just check in with each other. So that is just kind of a, a, a happy thing. Um, uh, FaceTime with my sister and my nieces does not happen every day, but it's it, when it lines up because they're two hours later and they've got naps and different schedules and I'm working. But when a good um, FaceTime chat with my sister and nieces lines up, that makes me really happy. Um, I'd probably see my mom once throughout the day because we live five minutes away. And that's just like, that's really a happy thing that we can pop in or I don't know. I don't know how we'd see each other, but we probably would. Um, you and I would probably on an ideal day, get really mutually fired up about something <laughs> either good, good or bad. Cause we can have fun getting really riled up in the negative as well for a hot second. And then moving on, there would probably be, you know, lots of exclamation points in our texts or our box. Um, and then Brian and I just connecting probably toward the end of the day without interruption. And that's, that's a bit of fantasy, honestly. Um, but getting to talk about our own work days or what's coming up, um, that is a challenge for, I mean, it's a challenge for us. And I know it's a challenge for a lot of people. We do really well as co-parents and co-partners, but there's not a ton of that kind of meaningful connection time. So on, on a fantasy ideal day, it would just line up so that we had a good 20 or 30 minutes, you know, just to chat at the end of the evening, maybe before we watched a show or something. Yeah. Well, and I like, I mean, there's a lot of, um, parallels between the kinds of interactions that I have, which I, I think of as like little micro check-ins, right? So yeah. I have a text group with my brothers and my sister that was pretty active during the day, but really we're literally talking about the weather. I mean, it's, yeah. we're just keeping in touch. <laughs> yeah. It's no, no, nothing mind blowing. Um, I have a small Voxer group with Jenna and Missy that, you know, we, it's, it's fairly active. We probably touch it once or twice a day, sometimes a longer conversation about, you know, they're both teachers, something that happened at school or something that happened in my life. Um, I'm voxing with Eric, my special man, boyfriend person. Um, <laughs> someone said to me, by the way, on Instagram, cause I referred to him as my boyfriend that she was glad to see that he got an upgrade to boyfriend. And it was truly yeah. just that special man friend takes a long time to type out. So, um, <laughs> I still like calling him my special man friend, but anyway, um, we don't really say we're, we're voxing like all day, but we don't say a lot. It's just little check-ins like what's going on. And if he sees something funny, he'll send me a picture or whatever. So just, those are like the little micro check-ins and. I love keeping in touch with people that way. It might feel kind of shallow, but here's what it does. It keeps them top of mind. So um, my birthday party was last week um, and I decided just to throw myself a little get together because there's just people I haven't seen in a while and I wanted to see a lot of them and I wanted to be in control of it. So I did it myself and I went the way I decided who to to invite was I just went through my text. It was like, who have I texted with lately? Oh, Aww, that person. Yeah. Oh, that person. Oh, that person. Cause there's lots of people that like, I might have a loose connection with, but I'm probably not going to invite to a party that's got a limited guest list, you know, but like, mm -hmm. but the ones that you're kind of constantly in touch with, 
um, it just tells you that right now they're important in your life and that that might be somebody that you might want to invite. And I feel like having those conversations going just helps keep you top of mind in their minds and them top of mind in your mind so that if you have time to actually get together and talk more deeply, it's just more likely to happen. Yeah. Um, I just want to mention a couple of things that I think are different about my current situation than like, say 10 years ago. One of Mm -hmm. them is not having little kids anymore, obviously, but I feel like when I had little kids, the way I kept in touch with my friends was still very internet based. It was like, this was before social media, but I was still texting a lot. I was a member of a couple different forums. I did a lot of um, AOL instant messaging Mm -hmm. back in that day, back in the day. And it tended to be like longer conversations with a smaller group of friends, but I would have very, like, it was like my entire social life was kind of playing out online. And there was a lot of detail, like a lot of stuff about what the kids were doing, how I was feeling, um, whether I was tired, you know, the stuff that you really need to talk to people about when you have little kids, like that was all happening online. And I mean, it didn't replace real life connections, but it got darn close at times. And Uh so I just think that that's great. Like if you have that in your life right now and you're not seeing people in real life, but you do have like a little group of friends that you can, you know, get on text to talk with about your babies teething it up all night or whatever it is. Like that's so valuable. And that's sustained me for a long time where my interactions were very, were, um, very internet based, very, very digital. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, I, I have a, partner now. I've got somebody that I've been with for 11 months. Like we're very serious, but we don't live together. And so that makes the way you connect with someone so different. And I was just thinking like, how do I connect with Eric on the, you know, three to four to five days, we might not even see each other in a week. And it kind of looks like a lot of catching up on the weekends. And it looks like maybe having more, more frequent, low stakes check-ins, And sometimes not being able to put every conversation off and like having to find a way to have it, even if you're not Mm -hmm. in the same space. And it's just just interesting. I think that any divorced or single mom who's in a new relationship or even if you're a married mom who doesn't, for whatever reason, cohabitate with your spouse, like they're traveling a lot or Mm -hmm. you live in different cities or whatever. It just looks different. And I think that's one of those things that like I'm a little nostalgic about is just being able to like veg out silently yes, on the couch at the person. end of the day at and the see your person. Yeah. And that's like, it's, it's a big deal. And so like, I'm just there for you. If you're like yeah. with somebody, but not with them physically, it's hard. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm really glad that you brought that up. Um, okay. Well, let's talk about work. Um, and my question is very simple. So you wake up on this hypothetical, ordinary, wonderful day, and you look at your to-do list and your calendar for work. And what's on it on this ideal day that makes you go, yes, this is going to be such a good work day. So it's more about what's not on it. Uh, For (laughs) me, it's like a big, big open spaces, very few time specific obligations on my calendar. Um, On my to do list, I want lots. So Mm -hmm. it's interesting. Like I want there to be a lot to do, but I get to decide how and when and where it gets done. Me too. Um, I am very similar that way. Yeah. So. I want at least one or two things on that list that are related to a project that is new or exciting, something I can sink my teeth into something that, and then maybe, which might seem like a little contradictory, something else that's going to help me feel closer to completion on something Mm, that is like just kind of running in the background that I'd really like to get by, you know? Um, 
a to-do list that allows me to really narrow in for a period of time on something where I can make real progress. And that's, I mean, that can look a lot of different ways, but that's just the feeling I want to get. Yeah. And I love when I look at my to-do list and realize that I already did the work of breaking a big project down into steps. Um, sometimes I do that for myself ahead of time. Sometimes I don't, but sometimes I'll do it way ahead. Like I'll do it on a Friday before I wrap up my day and then I'll kind of forget about it. Um, and then on Monday when I look at it and it's like that high five yes. from former Megan to later Megan. And it feels great because often that's where I spin. Like it's taking the thing I know I have to do and breaking it down into the, like just the workflow of what that's going to look mm. like. And that can be something that makes me just spin my wheels. It, so when I am in a place to do that, it's such a gift to myself to take the step of doing it for like everything. Sometimes if I'm in that frame of mind, I'll just go through like a whole bunch of projects and like plot out the steps because it helps yes. me. Yeah. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love this. I, I'm like maybe more excited to talk about this than <laughs> any other topic, but I think we both enjoy feeling productive and we're in this space of summer that we're right now in real time, non-fantasy, Megan and Sarah, it's hard to feel that productive. So yeah. I'm getting all fired up. Um, but I am very similar in that I want a relatively open calendar, maybe with one meeting, sometimes like having something to anchor, um, yeah. feels good, but, but largely open space like you, um, I use Todoist for my task list. And one of the biggest things I have loved, you were talking about breaking a large project into smaller tasks. And if you do that ahead, it feels so great. Something that can that can trip me up on my task list is rec- things that happen every week or the same day every week or the same day every month. A lot of my role for our business is relatively recurring. And until I was using Todoist, it was like it was a surprise every time. Like, oh God, I got to proof the <laughs> show like notes today. The it's Monday for tomorrow's. Right episode or like the newsletters going out. I got to get that ready. And with Todoist, and this is not like a commercial or anything, but all those things are pre uh, recurring. So I, I have only put them in the one time and they recur when they're supposed to recur every Monday or the last Friday of the month or the 15th of the month, if it's like accounting. And I actually get a ton of satisfaction when I open up my Todoist and there's things there that like, I haven't thought about in a month because I haven't done payouts in a month. But it's it's satisfying that it's there because former Sarah put it there on a recurring basis. And I actually get a lot of satisfaction out of those kind these kinds of everyday tasks that move our business along or move like they're not super exciting or novel, but they are satisfying to me. So if I have a good balance of those things where I feel like I'm I'm moving things along, like you said, but then I would want there to be some some creativity and something novel in there, too. So like a good balance of that. And then like. All, all of this really like goes back to this. Do I have the hours in my day without children? And I'm just validating anybody whose kids were learning from home last year, or if you're trying to run a business and have kids or, you know, it's just for me, a lot of times it just feels like not quite enough time. And so you yeah. know, in my ideal time, I would have that five to six hours of kids at school and it would feel like the container of time and the quantity of work are a match. And so often in in my world, it doesn't. So that would be that in and of itself is ideal. Yeah. Quick question about Todoist. Again, mm. this is not an ad for Todoist, but um, I know that you're paper oriented. Do you ever or can you print your yes. task list? Okay. You can. And I used to be a full paper to-do list person for years and years. Even when my calendar and all my email was digital, I, I didn't have a planner like in the traditional sense because I like my calendar digital but I do print my calendar for the week. Um, and I, you can print your to-do list, but because I, it's browser and on my phone, 
I have not missed having a paper to-do list. Mm. Um, and one thing that I like about it is there's like, you can kind of, you can write anything down that pops into your head without worrying about, does it have a project or a category or a color code? You just park it in your main, it's called your inbox. And that's my favorite thing is being able to get something out of my head and onto a list. And I can honestly do that faster typing than I can even finding a notebook and writing it down. Um, and then when you're in a more heady space, you can make sure that thing kind of gets moved over to the right the right category. You can assign a deadline to it. You can do fancier things with it. So I haven't missed the paper to-do list, actually. But okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, last topic is kind of a spinoff of work because you and I both work in a creative field. And so our work and our creativity a lot of times are merged. But I want to talk about creating and consuming, which can be kind of opposites. And I can go first on this, but just think about your ideal day and maybe think about the balance of what, if anything, you're feeling creative about and then how and what you're consuming that feels good. Because we all know the kind of consuming that feels kind of mindless and gross. And so I, I find it fun to think about like, what's the type of media consumption that feels energizing and not draining? So for me on the creative side, um, photography and video, video editing, photo editing, Instagram stories, that all feels really creative. Sometimes I'm doing it for work. Sometimes I might be doing it for personal or for fun. Um, but if I'm doing that kind of stuff, it means I'm caught up on like the other stuff I have to do. So it feels like bonus creativity, even if it's actually a work project, it's, it feels creative. Um, and then consuming, I love like a just for fun podcast listen when I'm like doing my hair and makeup in the bathroom and like I'm all by myself, nobody else is in my space. And so I love listening to a podcast then or on my walk and then a really good TV show before bed that I'm like looking forward to where we know what we're going to watch. We're not doing the thing where we sit down and we're like, mm, what should we watch? But like, you're like, ooh, yeah, I get the next episode tonight. So that feels really good. Um, and then a book early in the morning probably. Um, I'm just this, this year for reading has not been my very best. Um, but I feel like I'm on the upswing. So by, by my ideal day in fall 2021, I'd like a book on my nightstand that I, that I look forward to reading. I think the through line here is like with the media consumption, I want something juicy that I'm in the middle of that. I know, I know what I want to hit play on, or I know what I want to watch. I know what I want to read. And I'm not doing that spinning thing where I'm like, eh, I got 47 podcasts in my feed. Like, what am I going to yeah. listen to? Um, and so, yeah, when I'm in a good groove, it feels like, Ooh, I can't wait for the next episode of that, whatever that is. Right. Um, well, I think that, I mean, I'm very similar about consuming. I, I really have a hard time with mindless consuming. It makes me feel gross. That's the only way yeah. I can really put it. Yeah. Like if I'm consuming something just to put something in my brain or mm-hmm. in my eyeballs or my earballs or whatever. And I don't really want to consume it. It makes me feel irritated. I would almost say anxious. Like yep. I just don't enjoy that feeling, which isn't to say sometimes, sometimes you stumble across something that you, you know, that was a result of one of those, what am I going to watch? And it's great. But most of the time you end up watching something kind of, or listening or reading something kind of, I don't know, just mediocre yep. or something that actually if it's in the case of social media, often stresses me out because it's mm-hmm. like someone ranting about something or it's someone's like, you know, just poorly written, frivolous, I don't know, yeah, baloney that I don't want to read. Anyway, so I guess for me on the creating side, I really love to write. And yet it's the first thing to go when I'm too busy, when I 
perceive myself to be too busy doing other things. So my ideal day would have some structure around getting me to be putting words on paper. Um, And I haven't quite figured out what that would look like yet. Because sometimes even just writing an Instagram story feels really great or an Instagram post feels really great to me. But it's the kind of thing I won't do unless I feel creatively inspired. And, you know, newsflash, you don't feel creatively inspired. Just it's it's not like a little angel comes down and just like puts creative, <laughs> um, creative inspiration what? in your head. <laughs> I know. But structure around that helps. Like sitting down and thinking, what do I want to write about? And then writing about that thing. And the habit is what leads to the creative inspiration. So it's like it all feeds everything else. And the times in my life when I've been really creating a lot, right? It's because I'm creating a lot. It's because I'm writing a lot. And then I write more because I'm writing more. It's, it yeah. just feeds itself. Um, so that's something I'd like to be more intentional about on, on these ideal days. This entire fall of ideal days I'm about to have, right? Mm-hmm. And um, podcast content, creating that is super fulfilling, but in a very different way. So that to me feels more like work and less like just art, I guess, which yeah. um, is good. I mean, it's good kind of work, but it's just the way that it's our business. And so yeah. It feels very different. Um, and then I guess to to contrast against the non-ideal consuming, the ideal for me, quiet time reading quality stuff. So sometimes that's like email essays I get in a newsletter that I just happen to start reading and go, well, this is really good. Um, things like quality social posts really yeah. count, but sometimes it's hard to find them when you're weeding through your entire feed, right? Yeah. Um, and then sometimes I'm listening and sometimes I'm not. You know, I love music. I'm very audio oriented, but I'm just as likely to have a day when I don't consume music or podcasts at all. And I'm sometimes very happy not to. Like, I'd rather yeah. listen to nothing than just listen to filler. On a, I would rather go on a walk with nothing in my ears at all than something chosen because I felt like I had to have something. Yeah, I, I uh, hear that. <laughs> and I think I often <laughs> reach for like, the podcast app that I use. And then I spend more time in that. Like, mm, what am I in the mood for? It's like opening the fridge and not knowing what you're in the mood for. It's like the fridge is my podcast app. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would be better served going in silence too sometimes um, because I get that like, eh, man, nothing is exciting to me. So yeah. I think I'm going to take that note from you. I, I, for it, sure. I found it very freeing actually, mm-hmm. because I did the same thing. And for a while it was actually really messing with my dog's head, I think, because We'd go outside and I'd be standing in the driveway, like just flipping through my podcast app, flip, flipping, flipping, flipping. And yeah. I'm like, well, maybe I don't want her to listen to anything. Maybe I'll just listen to music. And I flip over to music and be like, I don't want anything here. And she's looking at me like, are we just going to like, are we going or not? Like she would start to have this look on her face. Like maybe we're not actually going to go on a walk. Yeah. <laughs> like it all sad looking. Um, I just want to wrap up anyway. So yes. So sometimes silence is great. And you'd have the best thinking. I have the best thinking on a walk where there's not something else going in my ear. Yeah. Because then yeah. I just, I listen to birds and then it starts me thinking about things. So anyway, the, the other thing I will just wrap up with is by saying um, TV is another one of those things for me. Like you mentioned the flipping around and going, what do I want to watch? I don't know what's yeah. on Netflix. Now let's go to Amazon. How about Hulu? Do, 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 yeah. do, do. So maybe on a, <laughs> in a, this ideal day we're talking about, I would just be intentional ahead of time about what I want to watch. So that when I'm tired and I sit down in front of the TV or just want to rest or, you know what I mean? Just want to veg yes. out. I'm not doing that spinning. Yes. Agreed. 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 
All right. Well, this was really fun. And I wish that um, my kids were all going to be in school like tomorrow because I mentally am ready to manifest these ideal days. And (laughs) in reality, we have a few weeks left. But um, I think we'd love to hear about what your ideal day within the structure of your life would be. So a great place for that kind of conversation is our Facebook group. Um, where we love to chat more about the episode and hear from other listeners, or you can shoot us an email, hello at themomhour.com. And Megan, coming up this Friday is our Voices interview episode for the month of August. It's kind of a special one. We are interviewing Amanda, our newest team member, about her career journey, joining our team. There's some behind-the-scenes fun stuff, as well as some Um, Some good thoughts on working motherhood and um, kind of career twists and turns. So that'll be really fun. Come back Friday for the Voices episode for August. And Megan, I will talk to you soon. I will talk to you soon. I'm so excited about that. And I just wanted to mention, too, that um, even though we probably can't have an ideal day every day of the fall, I'm going to shoot for Wednesday. Just just one Wednesday or every Wednesday? Every Wednesday is going to be my ideal day. Okay, and if I just perfect. fall down, on the, if I fall down on the job the other four days, oh, well, at least I got one ideal day a week. I love it. All <laughs> right. We'll talk to everybody soon. Talk to you soon. Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I have been having just the best time making my new podcast, The Teas Made. I launched back in November and so far I've covered topics like staying warm on cold winter walks, nurturing creativity, how to be a great host, and even Nordic secrets to loving winter. Well, you know I am fan number one of The Teas Made. It's got such a cozy vibe, and it seems like you've really hit your stride in covering topics like wellness, self-care, comforting rituals and routines, and home and family life. Just look for The Teas Made with Megan Francis wherever you get your podcasts, or head to theteasmade.com to find all the episodes.